going to be in Colossians chapter 3, and I would encourage you, like, it just in general, if you ever just want a good dose and see what is the Christian thing all about, what is the message of Christ, just go back to Colossians 3. There's probably more theology and thoughts and uh, Christian doctrine in that one chapter than there is... Uh, I don't know, maybe except for Romans 8, something like that. It's just tremendous. So Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of insight of what, I, what happens each week because some of you guys want to know, well, how do you prepare for this? How do you prepare for that? And, and really, what I try to do on each Sunday, I'm a, a pastor. I'm a, a shepherd. So what I like to do is I like to come and I like to bring comfort into the situation. Last week we talked about uh, Anna, the prophetess, who was quite on in age when she met Jesus and this promise that she had been uh, praying for. She never left the temple day and night. All of a sudden this promise comes through uh, the door and we'll see that even your greatest season is still yet to come. So that was part of uh, uh, the comfort. Uh, On the other hand, we do some challenges too. If you've ever been here, Shan and uh, Shane and Angie. We've been doing Hollywood names for all the couples and Shanji. So Shanji, so <clears throat> it's like I can't even get out of Hollywood name, uh, couples names. But you know, they were stretched this morning and so many of you have gotten the phone call or you've looked me in the eye when I said, who wants to pray? All of those things. So we're trying to stretch people. We want people to grow here in this place. And there's only one way. So, but like a balloon, I'm trying to stretch y'all without like, doing it so fast and so far that it just pops and it snaps, and, and that's no good either as, as a leader of a church. But anyway, this is it. So the thing that goes through my mind all the time, because I am a pastor of a local church, right? We're not going to do TVs or any of that stuff. I love you guys, and this is the way that we're going to do it anyway. There's no right, right or wrong way, but this is just the way we feel called to do it. But it's going to be, I'm going to be constantly comforting you, and I'm going to be constantly challenging you if that's okay. Um, And uh, I just got to warn you, so uh, today, as we are going to be in the challenge mode, (laughs) this is a good one, and I believe this is a defining group of scriptures for you and me. And part of what's going to happen today, I, I just guarantee, is it's going to bring clarity for a lot of the decisions, a lot of the restlessness uh, in your heart, a lot of uh, muck and mire, so to, so to speak, in, in your vision. And it's going to bring clarity to a lot of the things that you are looking for uh, answers are. And it's, it's going to be, I don't, I don't care if you're a brand new believer, I don't know if you've been saved for a long time, or if you're just here checking out the, the claims of of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, you will get some clarity out of this message, just one of those types of of messages. Now, the other thing that I like to try to do every Sunday is I have a goal. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm I'm just revealing it all, kind of behind the scenes, is I try to get into Scripture within the first 250 words. Because here at New Song, we teach uh, the Bible. We don't teach about the Bible. We teach the Bible. So I kind of have this thing, and there's some other pastors, Pastor Mike Moses, and we got this thing, like they're in their staff, they're always trying to see, like, no matter who's speaking, who can get into actual scripture the quickest? Because we still have to tell jokes. I still have to get your interest. I still have to convince you that you need to listen to whatever I'm going to say, or you'll just kind of check out all, you know, the fancy videos that come. Today, we don't get any of that. Today, we are just going straight into the Word 
Word of God. How's that? Okay. So if you've got your Bibles uh, or your devices, go ahead and, and fire it up here to Colossians 3, and we're going to start in verses 8 to 11. But I encourage you to take Colossians and read it all the way through, start to finish. It'll only take you maybe five minutes, and then it'll probably take you the rest of your life to unpack it. But there are some very, very clear things that we need, some building blocks as, as brothers and sisters, and for people that are just looking at the, at, at the teachings of Jesus and not really kind of sure if it's something that we should give our lives to or not, I want to tell you, it's going to be a lot more clear at the end of uh, today. So Colossians 3, 8 through 11, it says, Now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. So we have Jesus, and in a way we are like, we're created in God's image, but there's a, there's a through Jesus we can become more and more and more like Jesus and know God better and better and act the way he wants us to act. You know that God has an opinion about everything that we do and everything that we say. All the attitudes we carry, God has got an opinion about it. And he says, in this new life, and it doesn't matter if you are Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, or Pittsburgh Steeler fan, Was that the barbaric part coming out right there? Okay, now is the time, right? It doesn't matter who you, who you are, but Paul is making an appeal and says, I don't know if he was saying like, okay, it's the year AD 62. As soon as this letter is opened and you read it, now is the time. But I'm telling you for us as we sit here and we look at these truths this morning, that now is the time. Now is the time to get rid of anger and rage and malicious behavior, slander and dirty language, and don't lie to each other because we have stripped off our old nature. We are new creations. And Paul is always trying to convince the church to be who you are. You are made new in Christ to, to kind of step in it. There's a, a sense of urgency. I want to tell you to not to put it off. That in Christ, we all, if we are in Christ, we have the ability to make the right decision each and every time we have to make a choice. The very, very next thought we have, the very next action that we take or attitude that we carry because of Jesus, because we are made new in him, we have this ability to put all of this stuff off and move into it. And Paul lists all sorts of people, and I'll, I'll tell you, the reason that he, he does that is because he doesn't want anybody to be able to say, like, oh, I can't do it. I'm, I'm just that. I'm just a, a new Christian. Like, isn't there a probationary period for 90 days, right, before I become new and before I can, can act the way that God is really calling me to act? And I want to tell you, no, it's not true at all. He's listing everybody, so nobody has an excuse. I can't do it. All of us can do it. All of us can put off anger and rage and malicious talk, and all of us are quite capable of telling the truth. Isn't that awesome? 
Now, we all uh, don't. I'll put myself in that category for, for all of these things. But I want to tell you that God has paid a great price through Jesus Christ so that we could, we could be, we could act like who we really are, the finished work of the cross in our lives. Hmm. Philippians 2.13 says this, For God is working in you. Isn't that awesome? God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I love that verse. Do you guys love that verse? Oh, thank you. Sometimes I don't know if I desire it enough. Sometimes I don't feel like I have the power. Sometimes I feel like sin has the upper hand on me or just the patterns of behavior that I have, but it's not true. By faith, we can answer each and every time when we find ourselves, no matter where we're at, that God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God has always had an opinion But let's look at this in this one statement that Paul makes. And this is where I want us to to land. And if you don't get anything else out of this, this is what I want to say to you. Is Christ is all that matters and all that matters lives in you. Christ is all that matters and all that matters lives in you. Isn't that awesome? And the thought that, that God sees me and knows and, and he gives a desire. That's why, that's why David, King David, when he prayed for his son Solomon, he prayed for his son Solomon, give him an undivided heart. Give my son of all the things that you could ask for, give him an undivided heart. Because he knew all of life would be different. If he wasn't straddling the fence, if he wasn't on this side or that side. All that matters is God is working in us and through us to get rid of anger and rage and malicious behavior, slander, dirty language, and lies. Christ is all that matters. Do you have an important business decision to make coming up? Oh, gosh, I do. Is it important? Is it kind of murky? Is it, am I seeing things clear? I don't know. Christ is all that matters. Let that thought be the filter that everything else comes through. I just got offended. I want to forgive. Should I forgive? Christ is all that matters, and all that matters lives in me. I've got this choice. Should I do this or should I do that? Should I get married or not? Well, Christ is all that matters. What thing in your life is there where there's some there's ambiguity and you've had trouble hearing the voice of the Lord? This is the voice of the Lord. Christ is all that matters and all that matters lives in us. I love the truth. I love scripture. Isn't it awesome? We just quoted that. Christ is all that matters. You worried about how your kid's education is going? What they might be as they, as they grow up? Christ is all that matters. 
Are you going through some stuff? Disappointment? Christ is all that matters. With that perspective, I want to tell you, clarity will come into every situation. It is just like a, a cleaver that, that comes in, and all of a sudden the cloud separates. And all i got to remember is that Christ is all that matters. And God will put a desire in my heart to do what he wants me to do and to give me the power to do it. You guys believe that? By faith, we, we believe that. So let's drop down. We're still in, in, back in Colossians 3.12. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And isn't it awesome that Paul paints this picture? We take off anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language, and we put on tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Yeah, we should, we should dress like, like who, who we are. You know, they've done studies of business people and they find out that if somebody comes, even if they're working in the office and if they put on a shirt, uh, I don't know what you do in your home office, but, uh, and you actually put on pants, right? And a good looking shirt and you do up your makeup and your hair and all of that sort of stuff and you sit down, you know, you will see yourself differently. You will behave uh, differently as an employee just because you put on something different. So we put on something different. And it only makes sense that God would choose holiness for his people because God is holy. It says that in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. 1 Peter 1, 15, 16 says, But now you must be holy in everything you do. So that's God's expectation. He's not just expecting that we do that 80% of the time. Each and every time we have the opportunity to do the right thing, it's God's will that we do the right thing, and he is providing everything that we need to do the right thing. Doing the right thing is powerful. It speaks to the presence of God and and the work of Jesus Christ in our lives. God has always had standards, and he's always had uh, an opinion, and we, we can kind of look at the Ten Commandments, but I want to tell you that even before the Ten Commandments existed, like the, the list, God's people were afraid. They didn't want to meet and get, be intimate with God, so they told Moses, they said, hey, Moses, you go up on the hill, you get the to-do list, and you come down. So we did, but God has always just desired more presence, Sorry, we need somebody's attention in the back. Brooke. There. But that's not Brooke. All right. Way to go, Van. Way to share these duties as it should be. Right, parenting duties. Okay, so God's always had standards. The Ten Commandments, did you know that it existed before the Ten Commandments? If we look at the life of Cain and Abel, the first murder was recorded in the Bible. And what was the, what was the, uh, the, the cause of this or what contributed to it? It's because 
one, two, there was two brothers. They both made offerings to the Lord. One was acceptable, one was unacceptable. And it teaches us that God had an opinion about sacrifices long before the law uh, the Jewish laws ever existed. And it, because of that, we have the first murder in the Bible. God had an opinion there. And I want to tell you, after the law, even in this age of grace that we live in, that God still has an opinion. And Paul has clearly laid it out for us. I encourage you to read Colossians chapter 3. When we said yes to God, we chose to live holy. We chose to be. We become, whether we want to or not, we're a new creation. All we can do is agree, whether we wanted to or not, the day we said yes to Jesus, we became ambassadors, we became representatives of Jesus Christ the day we said, I don't, it may not be like, I didn't know that was part of the package, it's part of the package. It can't be undone. And we're to live and choose to live our lives in a way where uh, the life of Jesus and the blessings of God flow through our lives into the community and they are changed as well. So let's go on. Let's look at this kind of code of, of conduct. Make allowance, in verse 13, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. This is the challenge, isn't it? It doesn't say some of the people that offend you Anyone who offends you, remember that the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds out, which uh, binds all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as member of one, members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. So Paul is saying this, like, well, how do I... Like, forgive each and every person that's ever going to offend me. How do I do that and live in community and walk unoffended? Because it's, it's important to be undefend, unoffended. And he just says, in the light of the forgiveness that you have received, it only makes sense that we would forgive other people. It's just the right thing to do. But Paul also gives us some points here on how we're gonna go about it. So we've got some ways that Paul describes in here, kind of this playbook of, of how to make yourself less offendable. Is that the goal? Is that an okay thing for everybody? I wanna be unoffendable. And if I get offended, I wanna get out of that thing so fast because I'll tell you what, the person, I've said it before, the person that's the least offended has the most influence in any situation. The more offense you move in, your influence in the world, especially to help people, to lead people to Jesus, it just goes lower and lower and lower. So here's the first thing. He says, clothe yourselves with love. So the first thing is to let love rule. And 1 Corinthians chapter 13 Verse four, we think this is just something nice to read at a wedding thing, but it, it's not. It's actually for us. It's for the church. Uh, it, it is a great model for, for marriage, but 13, four through seven says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. Oh, we like keeping records of being wrong, right? Because we think it gives us a sense of power and a sense of control, like this person is gonna owe us in it. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. And here's the most important part. 
Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstances. So it's love that never gives up. So in our relationships, we have to be the type of place that God may call us into a church family, he may call us out, but it can never be that we just didn't, couldn't remain in relationship because we got offended in it. Love never gives up. God never gives up on us, so we don't give up on each other. Amen? Is that a great thing? So let love rule. Let love rule. And when love rules, all of the relationships, the whole thing. Like if you're new to New Song and you come in, it's because love rules in this place. The second thing that Paul said is let peace rule. And I want to tell you this, that if peace isn't ruling on the inside, it's not going to rule on the outside. And you cannot have peace with other people unless you have peace with God. And we're going to look at this right here. So uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done. Are you looking for peace with God. I want to tell you, it comes through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Uh, Here you go. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. I love that. This is the big question is, are you personally, are you confident? Are you, are you joyful Right, and when God's presence show up and His awesome things uh, happen, but the main thing is we access faith by, uh, or we access peace by faith. The third one is always be thankful to let gratitude rule. So we let love rule, we let peace rule, and now we let gratitude rule because Paul closes this thing up, this one paragraph, and he says, always be thankful. Remember that the Lord forgave you. So Philippians chapter four, verses six, that says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything and tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. I wanna tell you, one of the most important things that we can do as a believer is to create and culture a personal history with God. And thanksgiving is the way that you do it because we often forgot. Have you ever received a blessing from God, maybe even a pretty powerful miracle, and then a half hour later you slipped into fear on another topic? I'm just gonna tell on myself. Like, it's happened. I'm just like, didn't God just give us that thing and bless us with a thing that we were been praying for you know, reconciling in a, a miraculous reconciliation in a situation, and now I'm fearful that I'm, I'm not going to have a meal or something like that. It doesn't make any sense. So we have to want to encourage everybody: build your own personal, and don't build it off of somebody else's. Although that's helpful, that's not a bad thing because you know sometimes it just helps when somebody else says God did it for me, and if He did it for me, He'll do it for you. But this is saying here, God has done it in my life before. And if he's done it before, he's going to do it again. So that's what we're uh, looking at here. Thanksgiving says that God has proven himself faithful to me over and over again. And here, when I do that, I can, I can be 
uh, I, I can be the blessing to the world that I need to be if I stay in thanksgiving. Let love rule, let peace rule, and let gratitude rule. And let's close out chapter 3 this way through verses 3 through 7, uh, yeah, 3 verses 16 and 17. give you extra time uh, to get there. Even if you had to restart your phone or your tablet. <clears throat> okay, I want us to hear this. I want us to hear this. Let the message about Christ in all its fullness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all of the wisdom that he gives sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, because this is what all this has been building up to, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him through, uh, giving thanks through him to God the Father. One of the things that I love to do, and I want to tell you, this is a fantastic, if you want to take a, a scripture verse and really like pull everything out of it, you know, like how cows do. And this is where, you know, the, uh, yeah, this is the, the, the Greek thought. It is to meditate on the word, or the, I'm sorry, the Hebrew thought is to take it and like a cow takes it in one stomach, gets some nutrients, burp, goes into another stomach, burp, comes out. And each time, in each stomach, does the cow have seven stomachs? How many does the cow have? Five. Thank you, homeschool moms. Right. Five stomachs. So each time, but but here's the thing, is that a cow is just eating grass. A cow is going to get every piece of nutrient that is is available, right, in what this thing has got in, in front of us. And, and we need to do the same thing. So this is the word meditate in the Hebrew is, is, means this. So here's what I like to do. I like to take a scripture and I write it on a piece of paper. And then I, what I do is I take the next one and then I write uh, a word, but I bold it and I, or I circle it and I focus on it. Have you guys ever done that? It's a fantastic way to read a verse of scripture. So if I see and Colossians 3.16 is what we're going to focus on. So if I say, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives, uh, we take it bit by bit. And the first one, the first word is let, right? So this is about make the choice, open the door, humble yourselves, submit yourselves, and be open to the things that God wants to do into your life. The next word is let the message. And where do we get God's message? We get it in the Bible. So that's how we get it. So we open ourselves. This is where we find the message of God. The next one is let the message about Christ. And this is so important. Do we know the words of, of, of Christ? Like the world is, is really listening for the words of philosophers and, and news reporters, uh, Oprah, Dr. Phil, teachers, gurus. But Jesus is not just another great teacher. He is not just another philosopher. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And I want to tell you that his words are unlike 
uh, any other words ever spoken. When Jesus began to teach, when he first got, they just said, everybody that heard him, like, no one has ever taught like this man teaches us. And it because he was God made flesh, he was uh, Emmanuel. So part of the reason that we do things at New Song Church is because God taught us to. Jesus taught us to. In his teachings, we take them very seriously. The red letter parts, like that is something that you can live your life on. So in, let's see. So let the message about Christ in all its fullness. So we have to take this thing and we have to realize that you have access to everything that is uh, Jesus. So uh, not just parts of it. So you have access to redemption. You have access to salvation. You have access to healing. You have access to provision, to reconciliation. And you, like I said before, you don't have to be a Christian for 90 days to be able to pull uh, this out. You get it the moment that you are saved. Now, it might take you some time to realize it, but this is what Paul is saying here, that let the message about Christ in all of its richness. And richness is the next word. And I want to say, when I looked at richness, it was like, well, that means that I can have all of the all. I can have, I have it all, and I can have it all uh, right now. The richness or the blessings that, that when we get this thing, that there's a richness to it. There's, it's, it, we get enough that it's not just enough for us, but it's, it, it changes us profoundly. It overflows out of our lives and it changes lives that change uh, the world. It changes our community. And then to fill, in all of its richness, fill your Lives And in part of your translations, and it's really good, it means dwell. So just like we get all of Jesus, he wants all of us in this message. We can have it all, but Jesus wants all from us. And then in our lives, it just means that these are our words, actions, and attitudes. Right, that we are God's representatives So, what was the, the main message today? Christ is all that matters. And he lives in you. Amen. 